Well, if you've been coming along to Hollywell Church for a while and you've joined us at our home groups, you'll know that we've been uh, working our way through uh, the book of 1 Peter. And uh, if you're in my home group, you'll certainly know that 1 Peter is one of my uh, favourite books in the Bible. I think it, think it speaks so clearly into uh, our lives today and our world today and tells us how to live in a broken world. But Peter didn't just write one letter. He wrote two. And uh, I've just started working my way through to Peter just to, to study it and try and get more familiar with it. and being greatly blessed in doing that. And I want us together tonight to to take a look at this first chapter or the first half of the chapter. When I started uh, working on it, it's going to be the whole chapter, but then there's so much in it. So we're just going to look at the, the first part of the chapter uh, this evening. It's reckoned there's about 200 groups of researchers around the world trying to find or trying to create a, a, a vaccine for the coronavirus. And uh, we've heard much about um, whether it be Oxford University with its promising results from trials or the expectation that uh, there will be a vaccine in next year or there won't be a vaccine next year. There's so much uncertainty and um, just in, in the path ahead. But I think this book of two Peter is a little bit like a vaccine. In fact, one of the things I was looking at suggested long before uh, lockdown and uh, all of the current climate we're in suggested that it is a vaccine. And I think that's um, very uh, relevant and helpful. And two Peter is like a vaccine, a vaccine that we might escape the corruption that is in the world. Have a look at uh, that first chapter in verse four. Um, uh, it tells us that, that, that we might escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's, it's like a vaccine to, to ensure that we have life and godliness. That's what it says in verse three. His divine power has given everything we need for life and godliness. I suppose in some ways it's rather than being like a vaccine, it's more like a, it's more like weed and feed. It, it deals with the problems, uh, the weeds but actually feeds us and gives us everything that we need. This book was written by Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter. There described uh, in verse one, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And Peter was someone who who knew the importance of of of, of being alert. Uh, Peter was someone who who had rushed ahead when he should have waited. Peter was someone who had slept. When he should have prayed, Peter was someone who talked when he should have listened. Peter was a courageous, but yet in many ways, a careless Christian. But here he is towards the end of his life. Writing to Christians. That's what it tells us in the first verse to those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. He writes to Christians. And if we're Christians tonight, if we're trusting in the Lord Jesus, we have a faith which is precious and we partake in that. He writes to Christians who are uh, secure and equipped and established. In fact, he says that. I don't know if you noticed it in the reading. If you have a look in verse 12, um, I remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth. You now have. He's writing to uh, Christians who are established. But these Christians are, f are facing attacks. 
from uh, not so much from without, but from within. If you know the book of one Peter, it's very much about uh, so one Peter, very much facing opposition, which is around us. But this book of two Peter is about facing attacks from within. And there seems to be a three pronged attack which these Christians are facing. And he writes to uh, to warn them and to help them in that. And it seems that there are false teachers in the church. Chapter two very clearly tells us that there are there are false teachers around and um, uh, they're facing an attack on on Christ himself. Just if you have a look over into chapter two, it says there were also false prophets among the people speaking about the Old Testament, just as there will be false teachers among you secretly introducing destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them. Attacks on Christ, denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bought them. But not only that, denying the sovereign Lord who is coming again. And it mentions that over in chapter three. Uh, They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it as it has since the beginning of the creation. Where is this coming that's promised? And. And yes, there are people around us saying that. Where is this Jesus who you say is meant to be coming? There's an attack on Christ himself. And not only that, there's an attack on uh, the gospel as well. And again, there in chapter two, I'm not going to look at it tonight. But 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 the people in the church offering false freedoms and false hopes, which the gospel itself doesn't promise. Yes, the gospel does promise us freedoms. But they're adding to that and offering false hope and freedom. So an attack on Christ, an attack on the gospel and an attack on the scriptures than very selves. And it speaks in chapter three and verse 16 about those who distort the scriptures, twisting the scriptures, changing the scriptures to say things which they don't say. And there are attacks that. Uh, these Christians that Peter writes to were facing and there are attacks that have been uh, against the church and almost within the church down through the history of the church. And there are attacks that we must uh, stand against today. So how do we resist these attacks? What, what What's the vaccine that Paul subs- subscribes, as it were? Well, the book of two Peter emphasizes uh the knowledge that we need. The book of one Peter emphasizes the grace that we have. This book of two Peter emphasizes the knowledge that we need. It's mentioned a number of times, five times in this first chapter. We'll see some of those. But it's also mentioned right at the end of the very book. In fact, he finishes with these very words in chapter three and verse 18. He says this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, emphasising the knowledge that they need. And this knowledge, the the Greek word gnosis, and uh, there a number of times, is not just head knowledge and what we know in our heads. And it's not just information, but it seems to speak of knowledge which has been learned, doctrine which is applied, wisdom which is lived out. This knowledge is a is a functional knowledge 
learnt from first-hand experience of Christ himself. As I say, not a knowledge which comes from having many books on the shelf and much information in our heads. And what I want us to do is to look uh, look tonight at, at this vaccine that Peter subscribes for them. And it's a vaccine which gives us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, as it says there in verse three. Are you interested in this vaccine? We're all interested in a a vaccine for COVID-19 and everyone. Yes, we hope for that and we long for that. It would change things dramatically. But what about this vaccine? Everything we need for life and godliness. Well, let's look at one or two things about this, uh, at what Peter uh, has to offer them, has to give them or tells them that they have. Well, firstly, notice that this vaccine, as it were, is from God. It comes from God. Look at what it says at the beginning of verse three. His divine power has given everything that we need. It's by his power, not ours. And that's a good place to start. And it's good to remember that it comes from God. We hear so much, don't we, in our nation today about people looking for an answer and people looking for a hope. But it's all from within ourselves trying to come up with an answer. We can do it. We can conquer this virus. But what we see here is that what we have, everything we need for life and godliness comes from God. It is not from ourselves. It's by his power, not ours. In the same way that salvation is rooted in his power. It's what Paul says in Romans one. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of the God, power of God to the salvation of all who believe. Yes, it's the power of God at work. And just as salvation is rooted in his power. Yes, we need to respond to that. But so, too, is sanctification is growing. It's becoming more like Jesus. It is rooted in his power. So firstly, tonight it's from God. But then secondly, the next phrase in this verse tells us it's everything that we need. Researchers are hoping for a vaccine that works. This one does. And that shouldn't surprise us because, as we've already said, it comes from God. Again, look at what he says in verse three. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. We have everything that we need. These false teachers that were around at that time, and you can read about them in chapter two, they were saying that there was something more needed, as if there was some special key or special understanding that's needed or something more. They were saying something more is needed. But Peter is saying nothing else is needed. His divine power has given us everything we need. What's it given us? Well, the verse goes on and the next verse goes on. First of all, it's given us everything we need for a godly life. Each one of us tonight, we have everything we need for a godly life. For life and godliness. He's given us everything we need to be like Jesus. 
Look at what it says in the next verse, verse four. Through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. We can participate in the divine nature. Everything we need to be like Jesus. Paul says something similar in Ephesians 4 verse 24. He says that it has this phrase created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Isn't that amazing? That through Christ and in Christ, we can be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We have everything we need for that, everything we need for a godly life, everything we need to be like Jesus and everything we need to avoid corruption. The end of verse four, it goes on uh, through them. You may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Isn't that amazing that we have everything that we need in these coming days ahead to avoid the corruption caused by evil desires. And we know there's evil desires out there and corruption out there, but we know that there's evil desires that spring up in our hearts at times as well. But yet in Christ, we have everything we need to avoid corruption. You see, Peter is adding to what is is really already said in the first couple of verses, in verses one and two. He said to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received the precious faith as precious as ours. We have the righteousness of Christ. Verse one. And then we have the grace of Christ. Verse two. And the peace, righteousness, grace and peace. What more could we need than righteousness, grace and peace in these coming days ahead? So uh, it's from God. And then secondly, uh, uh, what Peter offers through Christ is everything that we need. And then thirdly, it's all rooted in the promises of God, rooted in the promises of God. And again, there it is in verse four. Did you notice it through these? He has given us his very great and precious promises that through them you may participate in the divine nature and, and escape the corruption in the world through lust. Great and precious promises, promises given to us in his word. This book, God's word, is a, a wonderful book of promises. The second half of this chapter, as I say, we're not looking at it tonight, but it's a, a, a great passage verses 12 to 21. It's all about the uh, the reliability of the scriptures and um, uh, fascinating passage. Um, the more the the, the 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 more sure word of the Old Testament scriptures and um, uh, but for us, the New Testament scriptures as well. We have um, uh, the, the scriptures is where these promises are. For these Christians he was writing to, they had the Old Testament scriptures and the words of the eyewitnesses. It talks about that in there. Um, for us today, we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament is the written word of these eyewitnesses. The word of God, everything we need for life and godliness, because it contains 
the promises of God, the great and precious promises. Great because they come from a great God. Precious because their value is beyond calculation. And that's a word that uh, Peter seems to like, the word precious. He's um, uh, in, in, in this chapter, he's spoken about a precious faith that we have. He's spoken about precious promises that we have. In the book of 1 Peter, he's spoken about the precious blood of Christ through which we have this new life. He speaks about as um, uh, uh, this precious uh, stone uh, uh, in chapter two, uh, the saviour that we have. This all that we have is rooted in the promises of God. Some of you will be being at a, a, a home group on Thursday night and I think different groups were doing different things. But we were having a look at Psalm 119 and Brian led us through a, through Psalm 119. And uh, we we there's so much in there. It was so rich that the law of God, the promises of God and their importance to get to you know a lamp to our feet and a guide to our path. And. These precious promises that we have that reveal the Lord Jesus is everything that we need for life and godliness. So there we are. It's from God. It's everything we need. It's rooted in the promises of God. But then lastly tonight, it requires a response. It requires a response from us. And I'm not a great expert on vaccines, but my understanding is that when you have a vaccine against something, it produces a response. And it's the it's that response, the immune system, as it were, waking up and responding that gives us the protection. And so it is with these things. We have everything that we need for life and godliness, but it requires a response from God. How should we respond? As I've been looking at this chapter, I think in the in the chapter, there are five things that we must do. Now, I'm only going to look at the first two tonight and maybe you could read it and uh, have a look and see if you can spot the others later on. Not now, but later on um, to see what the others are. But but so here are two things that we need to do in response to these things. And the first one comes. In verse five, the next verse, verse five, for this reason, make every effort. So the first thing we the first response is to make every possible effort. Christian growth requires hard work. Like so many other things. I know at the beginning of lockdown, when we couldn't leave our homes and we had so many restrictions, many people reverted to the garden and uh, everyone had tidy gardens and and people were out in the garden. The weeding was done. The plants were watered. The grass was fed and people had nice or some people anyway, had nice looking gardens. But it requires work and it requires effort. The athlete requires he has to he has needs regular training. He needs good technique. He needs the right diet. All these things require effort. And Christian growth requires effort by us, like so many other things. God has given given us everything that we need 
but an effort is required. A response is required, a cooperation with God, as it were. And what Peter goes on to do is to give us a list of the things that we're to work at. And here it is in verses five to seven. Let me read them to you. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, love. These things are not optional extras. They are essential ingredients. And what he goes on to say is if we have them, we will be effective and productive. Have a look at verse eight. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, he puts it the other way around. He puts it in the negative. If you have them, it will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. So if you have them, you will be effective and productive. You will be a fruitful Christian. But then the next verse, he goes on to say what it's like if you don't have them. He says, if you don't have them, you are nearsighted and blind. Verse nine, if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. I'm sure all of us are used to doing surveys of some kind. If you ever buy anything online, you know, you buy something on eBay and uh, or you buy something from somewhere else and you get the, you know, what did you think? Um, score it out of five. Uh, describe your experience. Um, uh, and what I want us to do is just to have a look through these verses. And I'm just going to read through them again and comment on them and to score ourselves on the scale of one to ten. And then maybe top them up. Just in your mind, as it were, you see the point. I'm not asking you to put numbers on them, but do think about these things and say, where are you on making every possible effort on these things? Yes, it's God who works in us. But we need to work these things out, too. The two go together. So here we go. Firstly, goodness. Where are you on the scale of one to ten on goodness? It seems to speak of moral excellence. That's what it begins with. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. But it goes on. Add to your goodness knowledge. And again, this knowledge isn't just information in our heads. It's a practical knowledge. It's a discernment. It comes from obedience to God's will. It's a knowledge that is worked out in our lives. How are you doing on those things? Are you making every possible effort? Goodness, knowledge. Uh, and to knowledge, self-control. What about self-control? Listen to this verse in Proverbs 16, verse 32. Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. I find that very challenging. A man who takes a city, a great man. But better a man who can control his temper than one who takes a city. Where are you on the scale of one to ten on self-control? And then he goes on uh, and to self-control, persevering, perseverance. And it seems to speak of the ability to endure when things are difficult. Life is tough. 
But we have everything we need for life and godliness. We have God's grace. Uh, The joy of the Lord can be our strength. The perseverance, the ability just to go on when things are difficult. Yes, God helps us to do that, but we have to work at it, too. And to perseverance, godliness, God likeness. Where are you on the scale of one to ten? Making right and noble decisions. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Paul in his first, uh, Peter in his first letter, one Peter, he speaks of this brotherly kindness. Yes, he uses the word love, but love for each other. And in every chapter of one Peter, he mentions about loving others. And I think that's so relevant. I think it's very relevant in one Peter because it says, look, when things are difficult, make sure that you love one another. Work at brotherly kindness, sisterly love. Um, uh, toward each other and I think that's very relevant just at this current time I always said that going into lockdown was one thing actually coming out of lockdown and just trying to work that out actually I think is harder and we need to love one another and work at that brotherly and sisterly kindness to each other uh, and to brotherly kindness love and that's the the sacrificial love the word that is used there used there where where are we on the scale on these things what's the score we have everything we need for life and godliness but peter here says for this very reason make every possible effort so with god's help let's be those who make every possible effort to work at these things in the coming days ahead So the first thing is make every possible effort. And then the second thing, and we read it verses in verses 10 and 11. He says, therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager. So the first thing is make every possible effort. The second thing is be all the more eager. Be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and saviour Jesus Christ. If the first point was about effort, I think this second point seems to be about desire, the desire of our hearts. Be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. uh, sure. It's about the desires that we have, the desires of our hearts to, to want to go on, to want to grow, to be more like Jesus to be more obedient to his word, to be feeding on the promises of God. And he goes on to say that it's not the profession of our faith that gives us assurance, but it's the progression in our faith that gives us assurance. And as we eagerly desire him and go after him, as it were, and seek to go after these things and live godly lives with his help, And his strength, it seems that that is what gives us the assurance in our hearts that we are his. Uh, That's what it is to make our calling and election sure. And then he goes on and says, if you do these things, you will never fall. So actually, as we seek after God, as we desire after him, as we long to be like more like the Lord Jesus, that will help us and keep us from falling.
if the gardener wants a nice garden, he's got to have the desire for it. If he's not bothered, he's not going to be out there. If the athlete wants to win, he's got to have the desire to go out, to train, to work at his technique, to eat the right things, to be the best that he can. And just as with the gardener and the athlete, the desire needs to be there. So it is with God. And uh, this is seems to be what Peter seems to be saying. Be more, be all the more eager. And that's what God wants us to be, all the more eager in these coming days ahead for him and to be what he wants us to be. So how do we grow? Well, our part He's given us everything we need. Our part is to make every possible effort and to be all the more eager. And that comes through the promises of God and through the word of God. We thought about the importance of the word of God containing the promises of God, which are precious, great and precious promises for us. We have everything we need in Christ. And we know Christ through his word, the living word of God, the spirit inspired word of God and the word of God, which the spirit still works through at work in our hearts. And I think one of the things that we really need to pay attention to is is that daily walk with God. We do hear a lot about being at church and meeting with others, and that's good and that's right. But I wonder if we don't hear quite so much about walking with God, that daily quiet time, that daily feeding upon him and paying careful attention to his word and seeking to to just to live out and intentionally obey what God is saying to us. You see, we need to make every possible effort. We need to be all the more eager. But it's and that will result in us uh, reading God's word and feeding upon him. One of the things I've been involved in doing in recent weeks is interviewing all sorts of very interesting people for the real lives um, events we're putting on later in the week. And this uh, earlier this later in the year and this week, we interviewed David Hamilton. David Hamilton was a member of the UVF, the sort of opposition to the IRA uh, paramilitary organization. He ended up in the uh, the Mays prison um, and there he became a Christian. And um, uh, it is many years ago, um, but he became a Christian there. And uh, and when we were interviewing him and talking to him, he said, I started to read my Bible and God started to speak to me through his word. And he started to grow. In fact, he started studying New Testament Greek in the year before he came out. And uh, uh, he is now a, a minister. Um, but just to hear him speak of the power of God's word there in a the prison, there in lockdown, but in a very different way. And he started to grow as a Christian and has gone on from there. We are still in different days at the moment, but we have everything we need for life and God godliness. We have the word of God containing the promises of God. Let's be those who feed on his word, who meet with him, who make every possible effort and are all the more eager uh, for life. And for godliness it's not in our own strength. It's by his strength. He's done it. 
but we have to respond to that and work at uh, that too. May God help each one of us to respond in an appropriate way and these coming days ahead be all the more eager.